welcome everybody to another episode of Casual Cognition. Welcome. I'm joined by my great friend Nate today, as on most days, and we are bringing to you another beautiful piece of audio directly to your ear holes. We hope you enjoy these episodes. And today, uh, we don't have too much of an agenda. I just thought that we would start with a little bit of a jumping off point. We're gonna we're gonna do a little uh, current events current and just kind events. of just kind of see just kind of see what where it takes us, right? <laughs> so here we go. As you may know, there has been a little of a kerfuffle floating around on the interwebs. And it is related to none other than one of the one of the people who really inspired us to start this podcast in the first place, Mr. Joe Hogs. Joe Rogan. Old, old, old Joey Rogaine. <laughs> old Rogaine, right? And people are very upset at Mr. Rogan. Uh, and yeah. there's actually a, a very specific... Um, See when you when you told me current events, I thought we were going to talk about Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> we can get there. We can get there, dude. I'm I'm down with that. But but let's address this first because I think we can it's go an into interesting... the culture war stuff first. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting cultural moment. So for for those of you who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, uh, basically, uh, Neil Young, who's a famed American musician, amazing amazing songwriter and musician he came out and he basically told spotify that he was going to remove his music from their catalog if they didn't do something about this despicable joe rogan who has been spreading covid misinformation and um and there's been a whole response to that on twitter with like I'm with Neil or or whatever, uh, and then like a lot of people, you know, they've been canceling their Spotify accounts, and there, there's been a kind of a, a cultural wave of um, of, of upset people backlash in response, against Joe uh, in response to this whole thing. So I'm going to suspend my comments on this for now and ask you what what's your take on all of this dude so this is a <clears throat> is an interesting thing that has been bouncing around for a while and i have um <clears throat> i watch it a lot less now excuse me i get a little phlegmy in the mornings um i don't really watch it as much now i used to watch the joe rogan experience all the time I was, uh, I've been a big fan of it in the past. I'm on their subreddit, the Joe Rogan subreddit. And um, I think that there's two sides of this. There's one side that is people who are not really into, into Joe Rogan, don't really watch his show, but have seen some clips and know that he has this um, anti-COVID vaccine, pro-like therapeutics stance, and um, is very passionately against COVID lockdowns and stuff like that. So he's on the in in America. This is the 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 liberal conservative divide. The vast majority of conservatives, I shouldn't say the vast majority of conservatives are against vaccines. They're against vaccine mandates, but the vast majority of unvaccinated people. Are conservative, and then the and and they they are against mask mandates and lockdowns and stuff like that. And then the liberal side is pro-vaccination. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, a while back, it was pro-lockdown uh, in the beginning of the pandemic. Now it's just that like some people support in indoor mask mandates. So. The, in, the, the that's the first side is like the political culture war that Joe has put himself into here, <clears throat> which is a silly thing to be political because I don't really think that 
aside from the idea of like oh the government shouldn't be able to mandate a vaccine because of the whole like small government thing i don't see where how this has to do with liberal and conservative but it in america it manifests that way and i think it does in other places in the world too but i mean the government's been va- mandating vaccines for decades now for to in any every public kid who goes into a public school has been vaccinated for a bunch of different shit so it's not like it's a it's a new thing it's just that somehow this particular vaccine has become politically polarized so you've got the <clears throat> the sort of political culture war aspect to it and then you've got the other side of it which is um which is why i am a little salty with joe and that is because i want i got i got into joe rogan because when i listened to the jre say five years ago six years ago pre-covid times in the before times I would hear like conspiracy theories about aliens. I would hear, um, you know, ancient history uh, quack theories that were really fun. Um, you know, the, the, the pseudoscience was harmless. It was like, um, you know, talking about some kind of diet or exercise program or, or some supplement that he was he was selling or something like that and <clears throat> so you know and 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 also the other thing that was that he was a lot more into i think that he was just more into like exploring new ideas stuff like psychedelics um spiritual type stuff philosophical things and then every now and then there'd be like a oh, simple some political stuff sprinkled in but i think that for some reason um and I, I i do think that it has to do with like the specifically the shutdowns back in uh, la where you used to live um he he got really upset about this covid stuff and he started talking about it a lot more and so nowadays when i watch the jre it's i can pretty much guarantee that a big chunk of the conversation is going to be joe complaining about covid in some way shape or form hmm. and there's been a couple of different episodes where i watched and i was like the guest asked you on air to not talk about covid why are you talking about covid here like clearly people are tired of you of you talking about this and you know <clears throat> i am on the pro vaccinate side I don't think we should be locking down at this point. I don't think schools should be closed at this point. Um, I think that if a business wants to ask you to put a mask on, I don't think that that's a big deal inside their building. Um, and and I think that it's pretty uh, pretty clear cut as far as the data goes that um, the vaccines are safe. And so, like, I'm I'm on that side of things, but. When I don't say, go to Joe Rogan. But when you say pro-vaccination, do you mean like pro, like you think that people should get vaccinated in general or you think yes. that we should force people to get vaccinated? Well, that's the thing is that that's not really, I mean, I don't know about where you're at, but it's it's not happening that much where people are being forced to be vaccinated unless they're like government employees here and even which... then if you <laughs> that's the funny thing uh i actually <laughs> this was hilarious i saw this uh this hearing in the u.s congress uh where i think it was senator rand paul was asking the head of the cdc i forget her name uh how many of cdc employees are vaccinated and she just like completely just tried to skirt around the question she would not answer the question at all uh and i just found it so hilarious and ironic uh just given like that specific um you know people talking about like vaccination mandates and how um, well, and then you, and, you have and like all of I these... said, we already force people to get vaccinated. We've, we, 
if if like I said, if you're going to a public school in America, you have to have a whole slew of vaccines. So I don't think vaccine mandates are like tyrannical. I don't think it's <clears throat> unfortunately once again, because this particular vaccine has been so politicized, I think it's probably a bad idea to mandate them. But just because of that, I don't think it has to do with like, like, oh, well, my my right to do this supersedes your right to, you know, in society's right to deal with the virus, which, you know, even though you can get the disease after getting vaccinated and you can spread it, the chance of you getting it is much lower the chance of you spreading it is much lower so like it, it uh, then if you are unvaccinated and haven't been exposed to the virus previously um the numbers show that it's still better than previous viral exposure um, that is actually not the case i i actually came across a, a recent study and this was specifically with the delta virus I think this is actually really, uh, we're kind of getting in a little bit of a sidewinder here, but I do think that this is actually a really interesting and important study. Uh, so they looked at like four different groups of people essentially and their risk of being hospitalized. And so the four groups, they make a lot of sense. Like you have vaccinated who have not been exposed to the virus previously and unvaccinated who have not been exposed to the virus previously. Then you have uh, unvaccinated or wait. Yeah. And then the same thing, but they have been exposed to the virus. So you have vaccinated and unvaccinated haven't been exposed to the virus, have been exposed to the virus creates four different groups. And it was pretty interesting what they found. Well, first of all, exactly what you would expect, like this is kind of obvious, the highest risk group was those who were not vaccinated and had not been exposed to the virus. So that's what you would expect. But I think the rest of the findings are very interesting and they're a kind of counter to the narrative that we've been hearing about these vaccines, which is the second risk group, the second highest risk, were those who had been vaccinated who hadn't been exposed to the virus. And then the equally low risk groups, the final two groups, were the ones who had been exposed to the virus regardless of whether or not they were vaccinated. So is this before, you said this was during the Delta surge, was this before the booster shot? Um, I believe... Because I wasn't that was a big thing, because now they have to take the booster shot into account. And on Israel, they have two booster shots. So, so I don't I don't know whether or not with the booster, I, I, I'm not sure exactly uh, if those people had been boosted and if if they mm -hmm. separated those out. Like, I think, yeah, there were probably a mix of people who had the booster and those who didn't in the vaccinated group. But what, what we find is that the thing that gave the most robust protection was exposure to the virus, right? And it's like, okay. Uh, well, that's, that's a, but that's a big leap, though. You see what I'm saying? Because during all the studies during the alpha surge after the vaccination showed the opposite to be sh true, showed natural immunity to be less than the vaccines. Then the Delta variant came out. The vaccines were less effective with two shots. So if it's during that period of two shots for Delta and the booster and they haven't gotten the booster yet. That was like the big kicker of like, actually this will bring you back up to the previous levels of efficacy. Well, for, that's the thing. Uh, that's the, the issue here. Alpha stage. That's the issue here as well is we don't know. And it's, it's actually, it's very likely that the natural immunity lasts much longer than the immunity that you get from a vaccine. This is something that we need to study it's possible. further. It's and possible. It's, it's, it's very possible. I, I would consider it to be likely. So, I mean, this, I just think that this is a really fascinating study and I haven't seen anything about it other than on, there's this YouTube channel. I think his name is Dr. John Campbell. And he's a great source of science and information about COVID and 
the the pandemic. I think he's a really great, trustable source, super unbiased, and would highly recommend people who are interested in this stuff to check him out. Let's circle back around to yeah, the stuff I mean, with hoax. Uh, the last thing I will say is I think that they're that you know with with one study like that, I would still need to see methodology and and uh, and backup studies because I just quick Google search and I found literally the exact opposite. The saying the data is clear: natural immunity is not better. The vaccine creates more effective and longer-lasting immunity from natural infe- immunity from from infection. <clears throat> and when was when was the sources was from in that published? September 2021, so a few few months ago. Yeah, that's literally count. That's counter to this this paper that was yeah, released similar similar. And that's time. why I'm saying I would need to see a lot more data before I. Well, where's the data this? that you've seen for that? You see this a headline, is, right? Where's the data? No, this is this. How is, many this papers has, is it? How you see what I that's mean? That's what I'm saying. I know that I'm saying. I, I'm not saying that this is right and yours is wrong. What I'm saying is that, okay, I can find information, and there this isn't go, just a go. headline. I can find information that says the opposite of the information that you found very easily on uh, from from you know. This isn't some like sketchy site. This is a medical information site from the Nebraska Nebraska Medicine I think it's a, a university site um, and I'm trying to find the exact study source for that number they've got a bunch of links here but uh, I won't I won't get into it too much but well we yeah, should I mean, we should very put these well links cited. we should put these links in the show notes and let people decide for themselves because that's, that's fine. this is a very complex issue and neither of us are experts so no we don't no. really know what the fuck is going on but well this I is will the kind of thing that i wish that that joe rogan would do more of is like maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm right what does the information say because freaking josh zepps got on there and was like oh yeah well you're actually a lot more likely to get myocarditis from covid than you are from vaccine he was like no no that's not true that's not the case and then they looked it up live and he was wrong. And it was just like, dude, you got to be a little bit more skeptical of yourself, of what yeah, so, your belief system is. So here's here's my take on this whole thing. Like, I think that historically Joe has done a really good job of that and of like highlighting that he doesn't know and that he, you know, kind of making fun of himself and like putting himself in the position of I'm not an expert. And sometimes he gets like very into certain ideas and he speaks as though he's an expert uh, without kind of going, coming back around and reminding us that he isn't. And I think that that's, it's really easy to fall into that because you say it, I mean, how many fucking episodes has he done? Like he's probably said that thousands and thousands of times. And then over time you kind of stop saying it because it's like, okay, everybody knows like eventually, we're gonna probably stop saying that because we're gonna well, be like, he, okay, but then he'll well. argue with an expert on the subject. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah, I mean, but that's fine, right? Because he's not an expert, and he is a—he's just like he has his opinions, he has his biases, and he he plays them out, and he he tests them against people who know what they're talking about. Sometimes I find those arguments to be like totally unreasonable. And then sometimes they bring in interesting like responses from the people mm. that he's talking to. So, yeah. but I think, I think where, where for me, here's kind of the, the crux of the issue. Um, the Joe Rogan experience is a podcast and it is hosted by a comedian who just decided that he wanted to start talking to people and he did it for years and years before anybody thought that this was a viable business model and then he just ended up being the one who came out on top right he's the fucking progenitor of podcasting basically and he the the joe rogan experience is essentially like the 
the bias and the ideas and everything behind it are coming from one person. We know that this is a human being and that he's fallible. And this is like, it's very apparent, even though, even if he doesn't say it over and over again, we all know intuitively this is a person. He's biased. He has his ideas, right? So to me, like he has a huge, huge influence, right? So like there, I definitely agree that he has some kind of responsibility to do his best to present truthful information. And I, I think that he is trying to do that. I don't think he's he's trying to like deceive anyone. I really I really don't think that at all. I think that he's he has his ideas and he's trying to figure out and some of the those ideas he's really fucking holding on to. Like we all do this, right? But he's not a source of truth. He's not saying I am the news. I will tell you the truth. And then when we have organizations like CNN and Fox News who are like blatantly misrepresenting information all the time and they're not held accountable for spreading misinformation and we know they've done we know that these major news networks do that there's plenty of examples of that right so to me like they are the ones who should be held at a higher standard um and like but but it but there's this backwards thing with that where they're saying behind the scenes Oh, we're not, this isn't news, like with Fox News, right? Yeah. This is an entertainment company, right? Yeah. With Joe Rogan, it's very apparent that this is an entertainment business, right? But with these news networks, they're, we're news. We're bringing you the relevant information about... And it's just like, no, you're bringing your bias to the table, right? And people are definitely starting to understand that. And that's why their fucking ratings and views are just crashing and crumbling into the ground right so i think to me like th that's the crux of the issue here is it, it's it, to me it's it's about freedom of speech like he's he's not claiming to be a source of truth he i don't see there's nowhere where i see joe rogan saying i'm the source of truth and I'm right, and this is the truth. Here you go, right? He, and again, I will fully admit that he gets really wrapped into his ideas and thinks that they're true. And maybe, and, and, and you know, this whole thing with, with misinformation as well, like, I'm not sure, I haven't been following along. I haven't seen all of the guests that he's had on. I haven't seen everything that they've talked about. But like, I do also see that f from, from my experience, I've seen very credible scientists coming into the fore and just expressing their concerns about the vaccine. Not saying nobody should take the vaccine, not saying it's gonna kill you, not saying anything even close to that, but just pointing out the concerns that they have based on their understanding of the science, this, the fucking guy that invented the mRNA technology, right? No, 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 no. I got to push back on that one because I've heard this a lot. Robert Malone did not invent the mRNA vaccine any more than Henry Ford invented my Dodge Ram 1500 because he invented the first combustion engine. Robert Malone worked on the first initial baby steps into the technology, hasn't had a relevant pattern, patent, patent for it in 30 years. Hasn't so worked you... in the industry in 30 years. <laughs> uh -huh. I do, and all of the actual experts working in this technology say that what he's saying is full of shit. So I do not think that Robert Malone is a credible source on this because he, if you go to his website, he claims to be the inventor of mRNA and DNA vaccines. And he just claims that like, like the whole thing is just full of salt. Like he is pissed off that he's not, in the forefront here and and he is like he claims that he got like screwed over by the scientific community in a bunch of ways or something like that and like every relevant expert he's like the one climate scientist that says the opposite of what all the other scientists say i i i, I always have to push back on that because every time i hear somebody say the inventor of the 
mRNA vaccine says the vaccine is dangerous. He I'm first like, of all, he's not not saying that. That's mischaracterizing what he's saying. So on I, his website, I, he specifically says I invented the mRNA and DNA vaccine. Yeah, it I'm says not that arguing right that. Up top. I'm not arguing that. I I understand your criticism of him, and I it seems valid. But he, in, from what I saw, I didn't say anything about the vaccine being dangerous. He said the vaccine is potentially dangerous and to me like it's it's and it's not just about him this is the one example um but like i've i've seen many examples of various doctors scientists around the world noticing issues in their patients who have taken the vaccine and noticing patterns and like again they're not saying Oh my God, the vaccine's gonna kill you. They're just saying, hey, I, I am seeing that some of my patients who are taking this vaccine are having serious health issues. And I think it's related to the vaccine. And because that is counter to the narrative that the vaccine is safe, they are like their careers are being fucking ruined. They're conspiracy theorists. They're getting thrown and fucking dragged through the mud for trying to protect their clients. And for me like that's what is that? That's not that's not science. That like science um, is we should take in all of the relevant information from as many sources as possible and try to separate the wheat from the chaff, right? Not immediately discount anybody who disagrees with what we think is true right now and just fucking pillory them right Th that's my main main criticism with all this i like um and i know we're going totally away from this whole thing with hoax because i think we, we can I, wrap I, around I actually back to think that. this is very relevant because this is the conversation that he has inserted himself into that people are pissed about and and i i get why people are pissed and i get why people would be pissed about um you know the the backlash to him because like you said he's not a scientist he is a comedian but he does have a shitload of influence yeah and but you have people I, like calling for censoring him right that's and it's yeah, like i mean really whole, like oh kick him off spotify it's like okay come on now that's that's <laughs> ridiculous that's it way too far way too far but um once again i think that that one of the issues here is that he is um you know, it's it's not even like a bias. Like he's he's claimed to be um, to to be pretty against the the vaccine and stuff, and and is very open about it. And because of this opinion that he has, he'll have on someone like Josh Zepps or like Ron DePatrick, and he'll he'll argue and push back and and try and get them to cite their sources and stuff and um like when when ronda patrick was on I, he was like do you think that if one of your family members had a reaction to the vaccine you would feel differently and she was like i i i don't think i would it was just like a weird question of like mm. do you think if something bad happened to somebody you know you would you would change your opinion about like like what we should be doing as a society and he'll give these like hard questions, tough questions, and then he'll have someone like a Robert Malone or a Weinstein come on and he'll just like take everything they say at face value. He doesn't push back as much on that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I think that that's why people are upset at him as well is that like if he had on these guys and was like pushing back and giving them tough questions and saying, hey, where's your, where's your info, where are you getting your information on this kind of thing? Then it would be a lot more consistent than him like, arguing and not accepting stuff from one side and then just like lapping up any information that he gets from another side. Mm, that's actually a really, that's a really good point. And I think that's more of a criticism of like him as an interviewer than well, I think anything that, that else. He was a lot better about that five years ago. Yeah, no, I, I, I can definitely, I can definitely see, see where you're coming from there. Um, but I mean, I think we can all agree that there are powerful forces at play in this game 
that we're talking about. And one of the things I gotta I gotta give a shout out to our homie uh, <laughs> from We Speak English Good. I don't know if you uh, I don't Mike know if EP. you Mike EP. I don't know if you saw his. Uh, he had like a little video clip of him talking about this thing that we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really funny. I, I think he did it in, a, in an awesome way. And I, I just want to give him some props because it was hilarious. He's a hilarious guy. And it was also like very poignant. So this is actually really funny. So he, he pointed out that. So this thing with Neil Young, if we circle back to like the original thing, right? So Neil Young is coming out and he's like, I'm going to take away my songs from Spotify if you don't do something about Joe Rogan because he's so he spreading. Has like, he has like 130th of the listeners that Joe does on a well, monthly basis. Well, the, this this is really the funny thing. He says, I'm going to, well, yeah, there's that, right? But um yeah, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take off my stuff if if you don't do something about Joe. He's spreading misinformation and blah 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 and like. But then you find out if you if you dig a little deeper, you see that he already signed an agreement with another media company to fucking he sold all of his like rights yeah, to them else anyways. Somebody owns the rights to the media, right? So somebody else owns the rights, and then not only that, but uh, it was something hilarious like. And, you know, you can make your own conclusions about this, but I just thought it was really funny that one of the executives on that media company happened to be, like, the ex-CEO of Pfizer or something like that. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, interesting. So, like, there's definitely not any other factors going on here at all other than your concern (laughs) for the general public, right, Neil? And, like, I mean, I I love... I mean, I, I don't know the guy at all, but I think he made some great music. And um, either way, it's a fucking genius PR stunt. Either way, you know, he's making it seem like he's doing this for some bit like political reasons. And like maybe that's part of it or whatever. Who knows? But I just find it funny, like just to kind of get a, when you dig a little bit deeper past just the headline, you start to realize like, OK, well, there may be some more um, more things at play here than are obvious on first glance. It's possible. It is possible. And I. But here's one thing. I, I'm. I, oh, no, go, go ahead. No, I, I was. It's going to be a rant. Okay. <laughs> you go. You start. <laughs> I, I just want to bring up. You know, like we on this podcast, we have kind of tried to stay away from these topics that can be very triggering and political and these like kind of culture war things we've tried to stay away from it on the podcast and and I I realized that you know this is actually is really important that we talk about this stuff and that we bring a voice of reason and compassion and a pursuit of truth to these conversations which are so much based on tribalism and hatred and vilification so i think we we may do more of this kind of stuff more kind of commentary on our culture and what's happening in in the current affairs so um let us know like if you think that this is interesting and you want to hear more of it or if you think like nah you should stay out of this and just like do your fun um more intellectual kind of topics yeah i think one thing is nice about me and you doing this stuff is that we're it's not uh it's not an echo chamber as y'all just saw hank and i disagree on a lot of different things and we can usually like get each other's side and like respect each other's opinions and and give each other the time and space but um you know we can we can push back on this and that if we feel this or that way and that's so and And dude this process i think that that actually is kind of rare these days and dude it's so important like this dialogue is so fucking important because it allows us to update our understanding of what is fucking going on, right? 
And if mm -hmm. I, and this is such a big problem with these fucking tribes of people that are, that are just fully engrossed in their ideological patterns because there's never, I repeat, never this process of pushing back on and and on challenging the ideas that that these people are putting forth so i personally find this process to be super insightful and valuable to updating my own understanding and i really appreciate it when you listen to what i'm saying and and are critical and find the holes and find the parts uh, that don't make sense and don't just throw away my whole argument just because a part of what I'm saying doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's a classic technique that, that people use is like they're listening. And then if you make one slip up, you say one thing then that's like not quite true. On that thing. They focus on that. And then your whole argument gets thrown away. Right. But it's like, yeah, but that's not useful. That's not like it's useful that we point out the things that are inaccurate and that we, okay, I'm going to take that out of my argument, right? That's no longer a valid uh, point or criticism, right? And so I call that lover's tiff argument or arguing. It's, it's like, it's like romantic bickering. Like you're, you're not really trying to, trying to be, figure out who's right and who's wrong. You're just trying to get a one up on the other person because you're pissed. And that's just the worst. Like, what's the point? Like, what's the fucking point of that? And it's actually hilarious. <laughs> I just said to get a one up on the other person. Yeah, the hilarious thing about that is you mention it in the context of a relationship, right? And it's like, so if you're if you're doing this in your relationship and you're playing this game where you're gonna win and they're gonna lose, if you're successful, then now you're in a romantic relationship with a loser like how is that a win at all you know that's completely fucking backwards you're dating a loser so it's definitely oh. not a constructive approach uh to to have a healthy relationship that is focused on yeah, it's growing and expanding and learning it's that meme of the guy riding a bike and then he's got a stick and he sticks it in his own spokes and then falls off the ground like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what happened? Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly exactly that. Yeah. But I, 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 I think it's refreshing to have some, um, some friendly debate and contention um around around these kinds of topics because it is it's so easy especially these days to get wrapped up in in a particular echo chamber a particular um um media sphere because it's no longer oh i'm going to go to fox news or cnn which were already pretty bad <laughs> yeah. as far as their biases went but now you've got you know me if 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 i'm going to listen to the news i mean my my options for like long form political commentary are like pod save america which is you know they're very openly liberal like their whole thing was we're going to basically create a counterpoint to things like fox news and stuff which have a very clear conservative bias we want to make a media company that has a clear liberal bias and take it from take everything from a liberal perspective and so they've got they're like way far left and then you've got some i could uh, somebody like dan bongino or something who's like really really far to the right like the closest i can get to like moderate political commentary is like i mean like maybe some some stuff from vox um, the weeds has pretty good um, down the middle, but it's still going to be somewhat to the left because yeah. the people who are doing the, the, like the hosts and stuff are liberal and they try to not put too much of a bias in. But that's it's, basically it's impossible. Gonna, yeah, it's it's almost impossible. The closest I think the closest one that I've ever seen to like really um, like classic like Walter Cronkite reporting was um the uh, bbc has a bbc global news podcast twice a day and it's like 
it it it's even sounds kind of like a news network but i mean you're just going to get kind of like straight facts reporting like there's no there's no like editorial stuff in there yeah but even then you know like it's impossible because we we have to have bias we have to choose yeah. what's important and what is choosing so, the stories and exactly stuff choosing the in. facts that we talk about because there's unlimited facts right so even then yeah. there's implicit bias but of course like the storytelling aspect is really what gets people emotionally involved and that's yeah. where what allows you to really let the bias come into the fore and create the picture of what's happening right rather like it's it's um it's it's more that you'll kind of put your own bias on top of whatever like factual information you see versus like a, a cut and print like storyboard that tells you exactly what to think about whatever factual information is uh residing within the narrative yeah yeah there's a couple of different shows out of vox that i listen to one of them is just called vox conversations one of them is called uh the argument and um sometimes vox conversations does this sometimes the argument does it but i really enjoy it and, and it's kind of what i was describing of like they'll take they'll bring on two people who are not flamboyant type people they're usually experts in whatever they're talking about um they're usually not like pundits um they're usually working in whatever industry or whatever field they're going to be discussing but they'll have two set two different opposing views yeah and it is so cool i've always really enjoyed listening to two people argue over something and be able to do it without you know yelling and and getting yeah. really upset i mean i don't know if you saw this happen uh, i think it was the i want to say it was tim pool had on this guy and i mean it, it all they almost got in a fight and the dude the, the guy apologized later on in the thing but like he he like got out of his chair and was ready to rumble jesus <laughs> and, christ <laughs> <laughs> and and Tim Pool was being a dick and uh, and you know just being a shithead. So like it was just this like very very contentious to the point where it almost got into a physical altercation and then they they simmered down and the guy apologized like I I have anger issues when you said that to me it sent me off and you know that sort of stuff is uncomfortable to me <laughs> I don't enjoy watching that as much. Yeah. Sometimes it can be kind of to watch like a you know a, a, a snippet of something like that, like a three to five minute clip or something, that's fine. But to watch like an hour long like actual argument where people are getting pissed at each other over and over and over again, I watched one of those between. Uh, um, I told you about this a while back. This was when the vaccines first came out. This is between Steve Kirsch. And this guy, Avi Loeb, who's a, a doctor, uh, I believe he's in, he's in medical research. And it was one of the most contentious things I've ever listened to. It was four hours long. Yikes. And it was... And just screaming at each other the whole time. Oh, my God. It was bad, dude. It was really, really bad. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I think that both of them were just terrible at doing this. Yeah, like the the doctor guy had had way more information prepped and was just like way more prepared informationally, but he was just like the most smug dick about everything. Oh God, that's the fucking worst. <laughs> and, then, and then Steve Kirsch, he was a lot more like reasonable and civil, but his his points were just nonsensical. Like he, it, it's like he wasn't prepared. Like it, it, yeah, he that's didn't maybe worse, but. Yeah, it was it, it was a, it was a nightmare. It was a terrible, terrible thing. And you know, if if you and I were to actually do a formal debate, we would prepare. We're not going to prepare for any of this stuff. Um, it will at least probably not do too much. But um, I like whenever people can can argue about stuff, or I don't even like the word argue, but can just have like mild debate or mild contention over a subject, and 
maybe even not come to a conclusion of who is right and wrong, but just like have two different opposing views on a subject. Right. I mean, so that's, yeah, this is actually, yeah, I think this is really what we're kind of trying to do more and more with this podcast is like, so it's, it's dialogue, right? Like it's, it's the logos, <laughs> die, die, lo- like two people engaging in the pursuit of like, what is true? What, like, what is happening here? And like, I think the problem with this thing that you mentioned before is like, neither of those people are interested in that. Maybe on some, I mean, of course, on some level they are, but mainly what they're interested in is proving that they know what the truth is and beating down this opposing view, right? So to me, like the primacy, the, the most important thing that we're doing when we engage in these conversations are we are pursuing this process of uncovering truth and transforming ourselves in the process to get closer to what is real and what matters and why we're here and how to solve the fucking ridiculous amount of problems that we have in our civilization in on across multiple dimensions right like to me uh, that's, you know, that's a very fundamental part. That's a very fundamental thing that we are trying to accomplish with this podcast. And that's why it's valuable, uh, for us for sure. And hopefully for all of you listening in, um, and we, you know, we're, we're, we're in this thing for the long run, right? Like we, we really want to get, cause Nate and I are obviously very fallible creatures as we all are right but that's why we're so interested in hearing from you our lovely listeners and hearing your thoughts on on these different things um because to me like you know nate and i have been talking with each other for over a decade many years and even though we um you know we we see things differently we have a different perspective but we also come from a very similar background we have had a lot of similar life experiences uh and differing ones of course but like even though we've been able to illuminate many of the blind spots that both of us have had and we continue to do so through dialogue uh we feel that adding in other perspectives that are from completely different angles will allow us to to facilitate this process uh not just among ourselves but among the people that we engage in conversation with as well so that's that's um i think it's important that we keep kind of reminding ourselves why we're doing this and why it's important and what we're striving to achieve here right I'm striving to achieve the world knowing just how fantastic I am. <laughs> just how intelligent and how right. Most of all, right. Yeah. Correct all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and and tell me, what is the... Uh, I, I assume you're going to take the opposite side again on me. Uh, so what's your pro-Russia stance on, on the <laughs> Russian-Ukrainian crisis here? Uh, to be perfectly honest... You're a big, you're a big Putin fan. To be I to hear. be perfectly honest, uh, Putin is my idol. So no, <laughs> I actually I too deserve to ride shirtless horseback. <laughs> well, I definitely think that's that's something that that we all deserve. Um, <laughs> but I actually haven't been I haven't been following this so much, so I have no opinion because I'm not even sure. I mean, I, I have a general understanding of what's been going on over the last kind of 10 years, but is there some new some new information that I might be unaware of? Yeah, there's some new developments has been coming out. Um, uh, obviously, Russia's had its eye on Ukraine for a long time and um, annexed Crimea. Um, basically, what, what Russia wants out of Ukraine is they want... 
um, good warm water ports and access to it. And they want a buffer zone in between Russia and the European bloc. Um, because Russia is, considers itself in opposition to the EU. And they push for non members not joining, you know, people leaving. They they are they are against the EU in general. They see it as a security threat. And um, recently, Russia has been basically like piling up troops. Like, did you ever play Civilization? Oh yeah, big time. Remember how when like whenever you were about to invade a country, you'd like scooch all your soldiers like <laughs> right over to their border and yes. then you'd declare war on them. That's kind yeah. of what Putin's doing right now right. to Ukraine. Yeah. And everybody's like, "Hey, um what's that uh what you, What's that uh... massing of troops you have on the on the Ukrainian border there, Putin?" Yeah. And and they're just like, "No, no, it's just military exercise." There's nothing to worry about. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, Russia basically sees Ukraine as a part of Russia. And and that was their, their big thing with Crimea. They said, most people here are, you know, of Russian descent. They speak Russian. This should be a Russian territory. And then they just decided to take it. Um, and the, the big problem here is that Ukraine is kind of on its own here. The EU can only intervene so much without risking literal World War III. And that's what everybody's talking about here, mm. is, you know, if Russia and China decide to link up and, you know, say maybe um, a country, I, I hate to throw this in there, but it's a possibility because when this, this one gets very fucking political and it's obnoxious. But Iran could potentially be in there as well. Um, some other Middle Eastern countries. Go like totalitarianism! Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you'd. I knew you'd be a real third authoritarian dick. Yeah, dude, um, that's what I'm all about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like. Well, you know what's weird is that once again, everything in America has to be politically polarized. So there's like a. I just saw this clip of Tucker Carlson being like, now, why is it so bad for Russia to protect its borders? <laughs> you know, it's just like... <laughs> like what? Oh God, come on. Are you not fucking... Everybody, not, not everything <laughs> has to be political, Tucker. Come oh on, dude. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's it's wacky. But, um, yeah, now, now it's something as, as simple as like, hey, we don't think that authoritarian regime, regimes should just take over smaller countries. It's just like, well, what about the other side? Um, yeah, I mean, but, that's basically uh, and, like, well, it's funny because that's the other side is like, well... Because like you see, you see this kind of thing happening. You know, the states has been doing similar kinds of things, not the exact same, but the same thing. You know, in the name of spreading democracy and committing horrible atrocities in the name of that, right? And it's like, well, I think democracy is better. Like I do, I'm pretty sure democracy is better than a dictatorship. Like I'm relatively certain about that in terms of like the well-being of the people the constituents of that organization um but like it's funny right because that's like part of the argument right is like oh but like but dictatorships are good like see i, I take care <laughs> of all of you it's all i got you that like, that is kind of what, what putin does yeah He's kind of just like and then, and then, if you a lot of times, if you if you criticize him from the U.S. perspective, he'll just be like, "Look at, look at all the things that you've taken over as as America. We just take over one small country. You've taken over plenty of things. <laughs> you know, they yeah. they they just they just do whataboutisms to everybody else. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean, Europe? You remember that time you took over Africa? I'm just doing. I'm just taking what's mine, you know. Just, just getting my, getting my piece of the pie. As China and, is uh, sticking their fingers all up in oh yeah. the African oh yeah. pies, Tibet and Taiwan. Um, yeah, this is it's it's 
it's getting a little scary to be honest it uh, this is um there are some similarities here in kind of the the build up to war and yeah I but am, the only uh, thing is that like Russia and China they don't they don't need to declare war because they have completely destabilized the in particular the US government but I think probably in the EU as well completely destabilized the government from within through the manipulation of social media and the polarization yeah. of the people within <laughs> these democracies right so it's like why would you start a war when you can just completely grind these countries to a halt from within for a fraction of the cost. Yeah, I actually think that this this hyperpolarization, um, obviously, that plenty of blame lies in Americans in general. But I think that a huge chunk of why this has happened can be directly tied to the Russians and probably the Chinese too. But but specifically the Russians and the we are social media that. and tech companies that created oh, yeah. the algorithms that are being um, not even Zuckerberg, manipulated, dude. but literally just used for what they do in a way that is that is causing this polarization, right? Or, yeah. or I should say accelerating the polarization, which yeah, was already happening from the way that these algorithms were designed, right? The race yeah. to the bottom of the brainstem, baby. Oh my God. God damn you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> You've ruined this country. Oh my God! Can uh, we? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I don't, I don't know if we have time for this. Maybe we can just do a quick thing. But like, the time metaverse. To shit on Zuckerberg. Always time to shit on Zuckerberg. <laughs> the metaverse, dude. What's your? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. What do you think? The dude? metaverse. The metaverse is just Facebook's attempt to avoid regulation and uh, public backlash. That's all it is. They're trying to distance the name Facebook from all their other products because Facebook is now a toxic brand name. Mm. And, you know, it's 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 basically like, you know, when uh, when when Coke brought in Santa Claus, you know, Santa Claus basically invented by Coca-Cola, the modern Santa Claus. And it was because soda was not considered a winter drink because it's cold. And when it's cold outside, you want to drink warm stuff. So Coca-Cola decided to create Santa Claus in his current form. Obviously, it was the concept was still there, but it wasn't who like what we know of today as Santa Claus. And they created him as a marketing campaign to uh to rebrand Coke as a winter drink as well as a summer drink. It's just typical fucking marketing rebranding. I mean, the metaverse isn't going to do shit uh, in it. I'm, I'm sure they have some, like, token things. Like, oh, we're going to... Dude. I think their big thing is that they're going to integrate virtual reality into their other platforms. Yeah, exactly. So so they're basically... They're doing a land grab of the virtual space, right? Like, yeah. this is... We're in we're in the period of, of like, like westward expansion. Digital colonization. Yeah, straight up. Digital <laughs> colonization, right? And they're gonna... They're saying, I found the promised land, baby. Everybody come on in. And they're going for full-on human integration with, tech, like, technology. They're going for the Matrix, straight up. Like, what is the... This is the matrix. There is literally no, like, there's no, imagine that, dude. It's, it's really not a far leap at all. It's not too far. It's, it's right there. And, and it's, I it's had my disturbing. first virtual reality experience last Thanksgiving and it was fucking wild. Wild. It was wild. It's, I knew it was going to be crazy, but yeah, yeah it was. So like, dude, this it is was super trippy. This is the, and that's just the very beginning, you know? This is one of the reasons why I'm so interested in cryptocurrency in general, because like to me, a lot of what is present in this movement, because like, so decentralization is kind of the core, one of the core values in this 
technological movement of cryptocurrency, decentralization. And that is that is the thing that I'm really buying into. Like, I do not think that a handful of people should be controlling everything that happens. I think that we should make things as decentralized as possible and work on the individual level and work on the local, like you start with the individual and then you go to family and friends and then you go to the community and then you go to the uh, county and then you go to the state and then you go to the country and then you go, you know what I mean? And like, that's the way that we can create the most positive change is starting right fucking here within ourselves and then expanding outward in concentric circles, right? And so, the, like, I, I really think that this this thing with decentralization is so powerful because it's it's fragmenting these power structures into smaller and smaller pieces so that it's not just Zuckerberg who owns all the fucking data, you know? Then it's like, well, okay, we can choose, and no, actually, nobody owns the data. We could conceive of a system in which that's the case or that we own the data as stakeholders of this system, right? So to me, that's something um, that is really fascinating about this idea. And, and we will have, we're going to have some experts in cryptocurrency yeah, yeah. on the podcast so we can explore this a little bit further because whether or not we we like it or not, if it doesn't all come crashing down in some fantastic explosion it's going to be a part of the future so yeah, i think it will be a part of the future and i uh as as i've discussed with you i <clears throat> i'm not a crypto hater but i do have concerns that i would love to go over with um with your your buddy who knows a lot about what he's talking about um <clears throat> because you know there's a lot of crypto bros out there who can who can say a few things but they don't really know they yeah they don't they know, you know nothing of the technology like that yeah. and that's what i find really interesting when you can well and, and that's actually also a, a really fair point to make is that like a lot of people maybe somebody who's really into the technology and knows the technology super well maybe they won't be able to speak so much to the so like the economics exactly and the ethics and like you know that's a whole yeah. nother realm of study right and and that's so that is something to to like be aware of when we talk to different people is like okay well what yeah. do you really know about and then what are you interested in and what are you kind of just like in explorer mode about you know what i mean and i think as much as we can do that it's really helpful just to set a foundation of like okay well i'm not an expert but I've spent a lot of time researching this, right? Like we, you and yeah. I both have, we have areas that we're super interested in and we're not experts, but like we've done a lot of research and we've thought, we've spent a lot of time thinking about some of these different things. You know, when we talk about um, various psychological issues and uh, stuff with evolutionary biology and like, you know, we're definitely not experts, right? But we've we've thought about this stuff so we can, and, but I think it's really helpful to like lay that out in the beginning, right? It's like, this is an yeah. interest of mine. So I'm not completely talking out of my ass. Maybe I even know a couple studies that I bring up here and there, right? But in general, I mean, who are we kidding? We're, we're talking out of our asses, right? But, <laughs> but, um, that's what podcasts are all about. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, we, we can find a nice, even happy Rogaine's. Yeah, I mean, I think we can find a happy medium, though, right? Because I, I do want to make an effort to bring as much quality information to our listeners as we can, right? And we've done some episodes where we where we did a lot of research before doing the episode, and those yielded very interesting conversations, right? And they yeah they helped us. I mean, yeah, we learned a lot through that. So I think we're we're gonna keep doing that. We're gonna keep doing our just off the cuff rants, and then we're maybe even adding in a little bit of this kind of like cultural stuff, which I th I mean I think this was really fun. I I, I thought I this was it. super it was valuable. Great. Well, you and I have had conversations like this before, and and we we enjoy it, but we've been trying to, like you said, we've been trying to stay away a little bit from it uh, in the past. But we're gonna we're gonna end the embargo on on some uh some cultural and political stuff but. yeah man we gotta we gotta we gotta 
exercise our courage and we speak can't up censor on this ourselves. stuff. Exactly. <laughs> we have to we have to put ourselves out there to to the scrutiny of all the fucking crazy ass people who are going to freak out about what we're saying and and also all of the incredible nuanced thinkers that are listening to this podcast as we speak. That's right. Well, I think I've got to wrap it up here. I got to get to work. It is early in the morning here. So, thanks everyone for listening. This has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Keep killing the game, and we'll catch you next time. See you next week. Don't forget to check out the links in our description. Bye, everybody.